Good morning. I'm Arjun Singh from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 12th. In today's news, President Biden says that the U.S. will have enough vaccines for 300 million people by the end of July. And dozens of former GOP officials reportedly met last week to discuss mounting a new anti-Trump party. But first, the big idea. Who's to say it won't happen again? That's what Colorado representative and impeachment manager Joe Neguse asked of the Senate as House impeachment managers wrapped up their arguments in the second impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump. The Post, Colby Itkowitz, Amy B. Wang, Felicia Sanmez, and Anne E. Marimau and John Wagner report that during their presentations, House impeachment managers portrayed the trial as an inflection point for the nation, and warned that if Trump were not held accountable for his role in stoking a violent mob to attack the Capitol, he may inspire violence once again. During his presentation, Neguse walked senators through examples of Trump supporters engaging in violence well before January 6th including an incident in which supporters of the former president tried to run a Biden campaign bus off of a Texas highway during the election. And Trump's barbs weren't limited to his opponent. In multiple examples, Neguse demonstrated how Trump's ire was directed at senators, state election officials, the Justice Department, and even his own vice president, all of which led up to him telling supporters at the now infamous Stop the Steal rally to, quote, fight like hell. Even worse, Neguse said, was that when asked by Republicans like Representatives Mike Gallagher and Adam Kinziger and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie to intervene and stop the siege, Trump did nothing. He reacted exactly the way someone would react if they were delighted and exactly unlike how a person would react if they were angry how their followers were acting, Nagoose said. During his presentation, impeachment manager Jamie Raskin offered senators questions he would have liked to ask Trump himself if the former president agreed to testify in his trial. Why did President Trump not at any point that day condemn the violent insurrection and the insurrectionists? Why did President Trump do nothing to stop the attack for at least two hours after the attack began, or just a couple of them? And Raskin also posed a general legal question to Trump's defense team, but one that was clearly intended for senators to ponder. If a president did incite a violent insurrection against our government, as of course we allege and think we've proven in this case, but just in general, if a president incited a violent insurrection against our government, would that be a high crime and misdemeanor, he asked? But while Democrats dug into a pitch for conviction based in emotion and a respect for the government as an institution, some Republican senators said they are likely to base their decision on whether the impeachment trial is constitutional. In comments on Thursday, Republican Senators Marco Rubio, Joni Ernst, and Mike Rounds all questioned the constitutionality of the process and signaled a likely no vote when it comes time to decide on conviction. Yet, despite some senators saying they are viewing the impeachment with an open mind, some Republicans have openly said they don't have much faith that their colleagues will have a different opinion at the end of the trial than they did when it started. And on Thursday, Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy highlighted a difficult reality facing senators who may privately agree with the impeachment manager's argument. Constituents who not only sympathize with Trump, but believe many of the falsehoods he proclaimed during and after the presidential election. Speaking to reporters, Cassidy, who himself faced sharp criticism from his state Republican Party simply for voting to move the trial forward on Monday, said, quote, 
I still have people back home who swear the Dominion machines were rigged, even though different news outlets have printed retractions, apologies, and otherwise disassociated themselves from that story. But obviously the president repeated it over and over. That clearly had an impact. But when prodded about whether he might vote to convict Trump, Cassidy said he was still unsure. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one, President Biden said Thursday that his administration had finalized deals for another 200 million doses of the two coronavirus vaccines authorized in the United States, securing sufficient shots to cover everyone currently eligible for inoculation by the end of July. The Post, Lena H. Sun, Isaac Stanley Becker, and Lori McGinley report that in remarks made on Thursday, Biden said the federal government purchased 100 million doses of coronavirus vaccine from Pfizer and German company BioNTech, and 100 million more from Moderna. The announcement comes amid the Biden administration's efforts to plot a different trajectory in combating the virus from the Trump administration. On Thursday, while announcing the news of the purchased doses, Biden called wearing a mask a, quote, patriotic responsibility and asked Americans to remember the grim toll the coronavirus has taken on the nation and not to get overly confident despite the news of the vaccines. We remain in the teeth of this pandemic, he said. We lost over 100,000 of our fellow citizens, observing that January was the deadliest month of the pandemic. The new deals will not expand access to shots, which remain in low supply throughout most of the country. They primarily serve to prevent a shortfall of doses later in the year, bringing the total to 600 million doses. Biden said that some of those doses would be delivered sooner than anticipated, guaranteeing enough supply by the end of May to vaccinate 200 million people under the two-dose protocols. Pfizer had already expedited its delivery schedule for those doses, and a Moderna spokesman confirmed Thursday that the Cambridge-based company would do the same. In securing the doses, the Biden administration utilized options built into contracts with pharmaceutical companies negotiated last year by the Trump administration. And with the promise that the additional doses would be available by the end of July, Biden expressed optimism that the delivery would be, quote, faster than expected. Number two. Days before former President Trump's impeachment trial, more than 100 GOP officials logged onto a Zoom call to discuss how to rally whatever anti-Trump momentum is left in the party. My colleague Andrea Salcedo reports that the talk, which included former elected Republican officials and officials from the past four GOP administrations, focused on whether to launch a new center-right party. According to Evan McMullen, the former chief policy director for the House Republican Conference, who co-hosted the call. Some people at the summit strongly favor starting a new party. They think the GOP is irredeemable. They understand how difficult it is to form a new party, but they understand that there is no other choice, McMullen told The Post on Wednesday. The call comes amid anxiety among centrist and establishment Republicans who fear they may become a minority in a party that has been dominated by Trump for the last four years. Even after his loss, his attacks on Republican officials for refusing to endorse his bid to overturn the election, and his lack of action during the January 6th attack on the Capitol, a majority of Republicans in a recent post-ABC news poll said they supported the president and said that they also did not hold him responsible for the siege and wished other Republicans had done more to back his baseless claims of voter fraud. And that's what inspired the call to form a new party, McMullen said. But even in a group that included exiled members from the former Trump administration, 
McMullen said the majority on the call preferred to try and work with the anti-Trump faction within the existing GOP rather than start a new party. Still, McMullen said he left the meeting convinced that the anti-Trump wing of the party is motivated to address extremists. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, February 12th. I'm Arjun Singh. Thanks for listening. Thank you.